engaged again? Cartmel? No, we went to Cartmel after we got engaged, <laughs> and but we got engaged in Stainforth, in the Dales. Sainsbury's? Stainforth. Oh, Stainforth. Is, is that the go-to place for it now? Is that where these, is that where these things are done? What, Stainforth. what Sainsbury's? Mm. Still in the... Um, yeah. I used to be Market Street at Morrison's. That was a fantastic <laughs> place to do it. But, but not since... Really several Christmas. in a day. Not since, Christmas. Do you know what? My, my missus' parents live, by, live near someone from the Morrison's dynasty. And because it's Yorkshire and Morrison's is like mm. the big thing. Like it's, it won't be it, Jim Morrison, will it? It's not Jim Morrison. It's, it's like Mr. Morrison's mum or something. The guy who like set up. Oh, Maureen Morrison. Morrison. I don't know what yeah, she's called. Anyway, but they're really proud of the fact that they live they live near someone from who who's involved with Morrison's. But the they don't know who it is. But I, I know they do. I can't remember. It's not that important to me. But it's 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 like a really powerful example of local if celebrity. Could, if you could live next door to anyone really famous, who do you want to live next door to? Don't uh, say me. No. Don't just, say no. Me. Do you know what? When I lived what? in London, yeah, my flat, which was a, a heap, was opposite <laughs> was opposite David Attenborough's house. Really? And we figured that David Attenborough was the perfect neighbour because he's quite quiet and he's away a lot. So that my answer is David Attenborough. <laughs> and what piece of equipment, gardening equipment, would you want to borrow from him? Oh, well, uh, he's not going to do his own He doesn't do his own gardening. David Attenborough? Of course he does. He's not, no, he's too, not around often enough, it's is he? Too, too low rent for him. His lawn was terrible. He's always away in Indonesia. That's why he didn't take his lawn up and put a rockery in or something. <laughs> easy to maintain, isn't it? Full of a man. It's the kind of person that yeah. you kick the ball over deliberately just so that you can... Can I get, get, get my ball back, please, Sir David? It's hard in the top floor flat. <laughs> Open a window and love the tennis ball out. Oh, I'm stop playing football David Attenborough. I've not used the word "loz" in ages. That was a great school word. Is, lo- is, lo- is that a South Coast word? Loz. 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 Oh, I went, sorry, I went to grammar school. Loz <laughs> is just what I would call my friends <laughs> Lawrence, isn't that? Just yeah, Lawrence. Uh, yeah. What? I'd have said, I'd, I'd have said for, the, for that verb, I'd have said chag. Chag. Chag is the word that we. Chad. Chad with a G. To throw something. Yeah, to chag. Yeah. Chag. Uh, As chag, in yeah. chag win. Yes. <laughs> so if you chag win, you throw it really well. So somebody said. As in Keith Chedwin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Named for Keith Chedwin. Famous thrower of a ball. Chag it over here. Chag it over, yeah. No? A no. derivation of Chuck. Must be. Don't yeah, try and be. explain it. What are you saying, Cheshire? When you want someone to throw you a ball, mm. I probably would go and throw me the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Set Piece Menu. This is the podcast where four friends talk about football over food. And at the time of year, you may well be regretting eating a little too much. Be at least a little bit grateful that our Christmas party fare is actually just four turkey and stuffing sandwiches from Greg's. Steve doesn't even like stuffing, although we do, do have... not like stuffing. You do not like stuffing um, or any lubrication of any sort in your sandwiches. Uh, we also have these incredible flapjacks, Christmas flapjacks and millionaire shortbreads to just... Lubrication in his sandwiches? Yeah, sandwich lubrication. More like Swarfiga or something. What? <laughs> Tis the season of goodwill, so we thank you for all of yours. Thank you for downloading, sharing and liking. This, in return, is your gift. All wrapped in festive grumpiness and with not a cracker paper hat in sight. We do, though, have a story from Chinch later on, which will surely send you to sleep like your granddad does during the Bond movie on ITV. Um, thank you for the jingle bells. It is genuinely very Christmassy in here. Uh, let's keep the seasonal theme going for our set-piece menu issue that we will discuss today, throw around and chew over. Throw around, Andy, not Chegg. No. Um, before completely giving up on finding an answer. The question, why are we so obsessed in Britain about football at Christmas? And does it actually ruin everything. 
Here to talk it over, the four friends of the Set Piece Menu podcast, together for Christmas and forever. The writer is Rory Smith of the New York Times. The commentator is Steve Wyeth, currently enjoying a winter break from BT Sports. The pundit is the former England international Andy Hinchcliffe. For our younger listeners... Andy is basically the 90s version of Christian Fuchs. For all those people who like left-backs who take set pieces. It was going to be Leighton Baines, but your hair, Andy, is never, ever going to be as cool as Leighton Baines. Why all my introductions so derogatory? Oh, yours, oh, he's great, he writes for this, and he commentates on that. Oh, he's a complete nugget, he used to play for England a few times. Every time! Put yourself out there. Well, true. It's the British way. How many dolls did you store in your career? 22. I thought it was 22, oh, but it, I was, yeah, it? I was working with Danny Mann, and he said 27. Now, he's not a, a man to be trifled with. He said 27. This I is your Sky Sports commentator yes, friend, Danny yes, Mann. Yes, and he, he, is, he is Rain Man. He said 27, but I, I do think it's Was he including pre-season friendlies? That makes it 27. Yes, that's true. Yeah, Those don't yeah. count. I took a lot of penalties, though, didn't I? How many actual goals did you score actual if you take goals. off penalties? Manchester derby, Merseyside derby. If you take away goals like that... <laughs> what? That, that, what? <laughs> How many goals did you score not in big games? Oh, <laughs> Stoke, do they count? No, it's not a big game. Oh. Well, it, is, it is if you're Port Vale. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, can I come crude. back to you on this? I'll work it out and come back to you and give you a... Well, we do have a Neverline Jackanory water soccer story, so that's to come mm. a little bit later on uh, before we leave you uh, to your turkey stuffing sandwiches, the likes of which we have enjoyed uh, today. Let, let's start with you, uh, Chinch, because Christmas as a player must have been a little bit of a strange affair. I loved it. But you, you liked it. Yeah, I loved it. Yes. Yeah, so t- well, what's been, the rigmarole? No, you, but you've been brought up with it, you see. it wasn't. Any, we hadn't done it a different way and suddenly they changed it and now we're going to do it this way, train on Christmas Day. I love training on Christmas Day night. You had the day with the kids and it was wonderful. Then we all so got you'd, had enough, six, you'd had yeah. enough of the kids and you no, wanted to get No, out. I didn't say I had enough of the kids. <laughs> yes, I had enough of the kids. There's only so many things you can build for. You just need to go out and do manly things like kick a soccer ball around <laughs> with the guys. But I, no, I really enjoyed it. And it is difficult when you, when you do have young kids, yeah, but the older they get, I, I just really, I, I really enjoy it. I love playing in the wintertime. I love playing under the lights at nighttime in the winter. I just loved all that. So, Was that I your favourite s- type of game? Yes, yes. Nighttime, winter. Nighttime, winter games, yeah. Tuesday night, Wednesday night, under the lights. Brilliant. So you survived the the cold winter night in Stoke because you actually enjoyed it. Yeah, but don't, the most, are they complaining and saying, we don't want to be doing this, we, we want a winter break? Is this, is this no, what the, they're... There is a general... It is, it's unique. Mm. The, the, the Christmas fixture list is mm. unique in pretty much in the world. Steve obviously commentates on foreign football, the, f- the football that the foreigners play. We'll, yeah, we'll ask yeah. him about how they do it in a second. Because I and, hate this time of year. Really? Yeah. It's a lean Christmas every year in <laughs> yeah, the White <laughs> But, the, but like foreign players, I saw Thomas Muller a few weeks ago, just to name drop massively there. And I feel like we've got a jingle bell clang coming on. And there and we go. That's the very good. Excellent mul- multiple use of props like that. Um, would it, would, story, would, was it just, you know, you were watching television just and he happened to be playing? At Market you, Street in Morrison's. Yeah, okay. um, and where he proposed Where he you. was proposing to his beautiful wife. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I went to Munich to interview him and he was laughing, in fact, about how, how crazy it is that the English play. So not just that the, the Premier League and the football league play over Christmas, but how much they play over Christmas. Oh, okay. This year actually hasn't been too bad by, by relatively recent standards. You've, there's been a big tranche of games on Boxing Day, there's games on New Year's Day, and then I think there's games on the 3rd as well. 
So there's, that's the, the tricky bit, the kind of 48-hour recovery period, which, I, to be honest, I'm amazed mm. still exists given the sports science. Well, they stuff. used to do it in Christmas Day and Boxing Day yeah, when, when Andy was, was a player in yeah. 1950. Exactly, yeah. But do they do? It's, do the fans enjoy going out at, this, at that time yes. of year? Well, we, time yes, year we must and... never belittle this as being anything other than a fantastic family experience. The whole Boxing Day experience is, yeah. is, is a big part of Christmas yeah, yeah. Uh, for people. We'll, we'll, we'll try and disseminate that a little bit in a moment. But, mm. but to carry on the, the point about the players... Yes. This is, this is not necessarily the way, as Rory mentioned, sports science, this is not really the way that it's encouraged to be these days, to play such a, a lot of football in such um, no, of a short not. amount yeah, of time, yeah. particularly when you're trying to have about it's eight the, Christmas yeah. dinners. Exactly. Yeah, it's what the coaches always complain about, isn't it? It's too many games in, in such a short space of time. And in terms of the intensity teams are playing with, <clears throat> you get players picking up injuries, and that's, of course, what the coach is looking to avoid. But this is just the way we do things. So unless we try it differently... How it go down with fans and everything? I'm, I'm not so sure that would work. But for players, I don't know what we talk about. A two week break, longer. Did you have teammates who who had who found Christmas less appealing than you? Not really. Of course, people complain because they felt well it's Christmas, but they always kind of complain because it was the the thing to do. But actually, once we got going, we realised we had to get Boxing Day games. were fantastic. I didn't hear anyone say oh, I don't want to be playing. Today. Everybody really complains about work, don't they? Yeah. But people like Teddy Sheringham always used to mm. find a way of getting Christmas off. So, like getting uh, booked, you mean? Yeah, that type of thing. Is that is that something that? Uh, I never, is wait a minute. Why are you all looking that, at me like that? that? If I do something like that, I, I know I, I know of that. at least one player who has admitted to me that they would try and get bookings in the game before Christmas. Really? See, I always thought yeah. we were giving footballers too much credit for no. being organised. It's, it's definitely a thing. It's def- and there's there's it's, it's only kind of anecdotal evidence, but there's... was it a defender? Yes. Mm. Uh, the... Did they play for Everton, <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday, Manchester City? No. Did his name rhyme with Banny Hill? <laughs> oh, Change. silence! I the... don't know who's, who's that player. I'm just trying to. It's like a Christmas quiz. I'll, I'll, I'll just leave it. Right. Just leave it. There's also stories of like Brazilians deciding that they don't quite fancy, and it's it's not just the, the mystery booking. It's the uh, it's the convenient injury as well. It does happen that well, players at, at Manchester United didn't Gabriel Ense, written Heinze, but uh, pronounced Ense. Um, he was given compassionate leave at Christmas because he was a Catholic, and he the the religious festival was was considered very important to him. And I think he was allowed Boxing Day off, wasn't he? So he could well, he could go home and he could he could celebrate with his with his extended family. So there's well, precedent for that. As there's well. precedents in Italy as well, where I think both Adriano and Ronaldo phenomenal. Nomino, as we, we we should refer to him to separate him from the other one. Uh, <laughs> Can't it just be the other one in the first place. The it should really be Ronaldo and, and Cristiano, but anyway, Ronaldo phenomenon. Original which is, Ronaldo, which is no well, original Ronaldo. I have learnt relatively recently that what foreigners, the foreigners who also play football, refer yeah. to uh, Brazilian Ronaldo as is Ronaldo phenomenon. That's that's how certainly players refer to him. That that, that's, that's his name. That's because it's his name, or it's because it's Portuguese it's, it's, for phenomenal. It's no, it's, it's Portuguese for phenomenon. Phenomenon. But his nickname was off phenomenon. That's the Muppets. Oh, no, so they they now to separate him from Cristiano, they call him Ronaldo Phenomeno. But both him and Adriano, very you know sort of homely types. I'm getting away from Christmas. Talk, I'm getting back on, on to it. Back minute, on sorry, to I'm bringing you back. But yeah, I'm bringing you back. Yeah, right around the ring road. So we're back in again. Winding road. This. I thought you were going to say that Ronaldo was famous for having too many Christmas dinners on occasion. No, but both him and Ronaldo, not the other one, and possibly Edgy Mundo as well, which the correct pronunciation of Edgimundo, if we don't to be pretentious about this year. Uh, they had this amazing ability to be given leave to go back to Brazil over the festive period mm. and always come back late as they'd been at some sort of, it, it can't be carnival, but some sort of sort of massive beach party, party in Rio. Yeah. And they'd always come back both several days late and several pounds overweight. So let it not be said that footballers don't enjoy Christmas, because some of them really do. 
what was training like on the night of Christmas Day then? Did you really do that much? No, no, we no, just basically we're getting everyone together to make sure they've not overeaten or over. But players, it all and if they no, had? it's true. But back maybe twenty years ago, they they did. But modern players. The, 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 you could really just leave them at home and bring them in on the day of the yeah. game. You could do that because you trust them. But back then, I think there was always the worry that they'd have a glass of wine or two or three, and then you'd maybe have a problem the next day. Wine while you were playing, as if <laughs> what? <laughs> they weren't drinking wine. Eight pints. Box. <laughs> yeah, that's the difference. Yeah, we were. Yeah. I, I, re- I remember Stuart Pearce giving Manchester mm. City Christmas Day off, and it was it was the line of the day. Goodness yeah. me, what trust he's showing in his players mm. to only meet up on the day yeah, of a yeah. Boxing Day game. Would you like to play a game? I would very much. It's Christmas time. Uh, what else would you do apart Let's from play, eat and play a game? Guess the manager. Okay. Which manager, mm-hmm. uh, either formally or Could you currently... phrase this like a Henry Kelly question on going for gold? Did Who we... am I? Who am I? Uh, I'm a football manager, either current or formerly in the Premier League. I don't want to specify which. Uh, who, whilst early in his career, uh, had been seen his team go through a poor, poor run of form. Uh, and so demanded that they appear on Christmas Day, report 10am at the training ground, as punishment for their poor form. He waited until all of his squad had gathered in the dressing room, starting to don their boots and their other footballing garb, (laughs) waited for the last one to arrive and said, right then, off you go, back home, just to show that he could ruin their Christmas. I had a very similar situation at Sheffield Wednesday with an unnamed manager. Did you? I was injured at the time as well and he dragged me in. People there's, there's, a story, there's a story. There's a story. There is a major story off the back of that, which I think you you know pretty well. But well, I'm I wonder not if it, sure might it be can. the, uh, mm. the a, a future. Well, Never we'd mind. Have to, Jack we'd, have to, we'd have to look Lots at it carefully. Story. Yes, maybe heavily. Yes. Happy that the Hinchcliffe yes. lawyers onto that. Anyway, yes, yeah. but that, yeah, I had that as well. Yeah. When I was injured, knew I wasn't going to be playing over Christmas, and then just to be bloody minded, said, "Actually, can you come in on Christmas morning?" Because the mornings, the evenings, not so bad. Because at least you can have half. I think that's what most managers would do, and they bring in maybe a lot of them now. Say stay at home because we trust you. You're not going to do anything daft and just come in on the match day. Well, do bear in mind that if you're playing on Boxing Day, you're not doing a proper training session. No, uh, intense training session. I think they, they maybe get them in to do a bit of shape work or something. Yeah. The yeah. do players get each other presents? I think we did like a secret Santa, secret Santa thing. Yeah, yeah. But you had like a, a limit of, of four thousand pounds or something. <laughs> I bet that. <laughs> I bet that's a real banter clause occasion. Oh, there we go. There we go. What's the, what's the answer? By the way, what's the answer, Henry Kelly? Uh, I probably shouldn't say, should I? All oh, right, okay. Is he is he currently managing? Yeah, yeah. he's currently managing. Currently managing. Was, in the Premier League. In the Premier League, but it was whilst he was at a lower league club. Whilst he was. Oh, that's interesting, that's isn't it? Even answer. more controversial, ruining the Christmas for a lower yeah. league. These weren't the, their, their their limit of, on their secret Santa was was no more than a grand. It was awful. <laughs> really, oh. really on the bread. You line. just wonder what I wouldn't have even bothered. <laughs> what does that do for morale? So just Nothing. just yeah. new rims for Punishments. the car rather yeah, than yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the whole car. The, the reason that the, the the Christmas schedule has been criticised is because of what it leads on to in England, which is mm. no winter break and a build up of. Injuries, which then affect not only the end of a Premier League season, uh, but also potential international tournaments oh, in the summer. Yes. Which we'll come to in a moment, because mm. Steve is going to tell us what, what happens in the other leagues in terms of a winter break. It will be discussed ad nauseam until it happens, but what, what happens in Bundesliga, in Italy, Spain? Do they all do the same thing, or does it vary? Well, what happens is, is I have a very quiet time of the year, mm. because I commentate on European football for BT Sport, and they all have a break. In Italy, they're getting two and a half weeks off this year. They uh, they played 
midweek before Christmas and they come back second weekend in January. Same thing in France in Ligue 1, although they play uh, their cup game in the, the first game back, so they actually get three and a half weeks between league games. And in Germany, where they really are switched on to it, they get the best part of four and a half weeks off in the Bundesliga. Again, they played the midweek just before Christmas and they come back two weekends before the end of January. Just to put into context, at the point in which Bayern Munich played their final game before Christmas, Arsenal will play five games before Bayern then play again. And in total, Arsenal will play four more times before those two sides meet when the Champions League returns has, at the round of 16. Has it always been that way in these leagues? Have they yeah. always... This, this, that's the tradition. Like it's there been have, over here, we, we carry on and we keep playing. There have been all, it's always been that way. Fluctuations as to how much time yeah, the mm. they have off and when exactly that break kicks in. Most of the leagues try to squeeze in an extra midweek game before Christmas this time rather than breaking, you know, stopping the weekend before Christmas as they might have done the previous season, mm-hmm. for example. But yeah, they just... They see that as their opportunity. In, in Germany, it's based around having two distinct halves of a season. So they will have played half of their games before the Christmas break and they play the other half afterwards. In Italy, they complete the first half of the season when they come back in January. So yeah, there are fluctuations as to when those breaks come. But, but, but between them, they generally have between two and four weeks off. Over you want to be grateful that you're not a commentator on the ever-entertaining Reifus and lead in Switzerland, whatever the Swiss top flight's called. Uh, where oh yeah, they take about three months. Partly because Basel... Uh, are always about 70 points clear. <laughs> <It's And just laughs> the mercy rule. <laughs> yeah. And secondly, does I think that they have something like seven weeks off, which obviously does it's high mountains is very important. I, I have commentated on the Russian Premier League as oh, well. Who and, hasn't? And that's effectively like doing two separate seasons. Yeah. They, have su- yeah. they have to have such a long break that, you know, effectively starting again. But in terms of Europe, it's driven by the game. The game decided this was good for the players, for the teams... No, I think, and it's, the fans I, think just, I think it's yeah, part of the weather. Weather, yeah. weather in, in certain countries and probably, in prob- probably originally. Well, the games could be played, couldn't they? Well, the, they it, have the technology in Italy, to they, play. Oh yeah, the games. they could be now. Yeah. But in Germany, it's as Steve says, it's part of the, the mm-hmm. structure of the season. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, I think in Italy and, and Spain doesn't have a particularly long winter break. I think they take about ten days or something. But in Italy, in Italy and France, I would guess it's partly religious. The, the, the reason the tradition came about just because. And do you enjoy working at Christmas? Do you know what I got rained in last Christmas mm-hmm. and. Uh, because the Yorkshire flooded, and I tried to drive to Lancashire. I was oh, meant I, to thought, I thought Kate tried to just stop you. Not rained in so with much. an E, no. Uh, <laughs> rained in with rain an A. Uh, and York, I was staying at my in-laws uh, in Ilkley, just outside Leeds, and Yorkshire got flooded. The floods were very bad, and I was meant to be at the Man City game. I can't remember who they were playing. Because I, I've done a Boxing Day game for yeah. for ten years ever since. It's just Do you like doing them. I like. I yeah. love it, and it's just you. I love my family dearly, but after. Two or three days at Christmas, I'm sick of them. So I want to basically want to go see my mates and do a bit of work. And they the all suddenly clicked unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> They're not subscribing. And uh, but no. So the I tried to drive from Ilkley. I got out of the road, and the river had burst its banks, and it was the road was gone. You never and got out of bed, really, did you? The, and I did. This no, is a true story. It's a true story. He peeked out the curtains. Yeah, it was oh, raining a little a bit. bit and out there. He was straight on the phone. No, because my in-laws kept saying, "Oh, it's really bad out there," and I kept thinking, "It won't be." You're exaggerating. And I got mm-hmm. out, and seriously, the, the river, the road was flood, was flowing. And I, I thought, "There's a, well, I know there's a way around the back onto the, the the road that goes across the Pennines." And I tried to get there, and I got about half an hour down the road, and I found there were four roadblocks in place, and I got to one of them. And the fella made me wind down my window and said, where are you going, son? And I said, I'm, I'm going to Manchester. And he went, no, you're not. Turn around. And so I did. And that was, but it was... He's obviously read some of your pieces. I felt, 
It's always we nice. could all do with a few days off. <laughs> it was all nice to always nice to meet a fan. But no, it was um, it was uh, yeah, it was really difficult for me because I'm not used to having Boxing Day. I, I, I do like yeah. working at Christmas. So mm. we've all decided that, that working at Christmas is rather nice, probably for negative reasons throughout, just to get away from people that we spend too much time with. But the, the point is, perhaps not necessarily the celebration of Boxing Day fixtures, but then when you get into January, the fact that you've done all that, you have to carry on elsewhere in Europe, it doesn't happen. The fact that there may well be a winter break at some point is kind of moot at the moment, because we'll, we'll think about whether it has an effect that there isn't one at the moment. So, Andy, towards the end of a season, mm-hmm. did you pick up more injuries, wear and tear injuries, the kind of injuries that might have been helped if you had? I, I just don't think we ever, of, of, ever thought about it because... You were always you, injured anyway. I was always injured anyway. No, we'd, we'd never really thought about it because that's just the way things were. So the injuries that you had, never thought about, well, we're playing too much football this time of the year. That's just what we always did. So you just had to feel, we have to just get on with it. We shouldn't be complaining and saying, well, we should be playing less games to give ourselves more of a chance to have a, a more consistent season in terms of the injuries that you might not pick up. I never, ever gave it a second thought. It was just the way, well, I've been doing it for 16, 17 years old. That's just the way that it was. And that's the way I, I feel it's going to continue to be. Like, did, did you ever see us, us changing well, no, I just, what we do? Because I mean, the hardest thing for you, of course, was you played near it was almost impossible to get booked as well. So you couldn't even get a week off for accumulating yellow cards. Yeah, but I wouldn't do that anyway, Steve. You know me. I'm not saying you do it Altruistic. That's me. What? More yellow cards than goals or more goals than yellow cards in your career? More goals than yellow cards, obviously. Really? Although a couple of my red cards were diabolical. <laughs> oh, what, Some diabolical say. decisions or diabolical? No, no, just no. hilarious behaviour. Yes. We, we will, at some point, introduce a winter break into English football. Without really? a shadow of a doubt. It won't be over, Christ- over Christmas week because those fixtures for the Premier League are the ultimate shop window across the world. Because nobody else mm. is playing. No one mm. else is playing. In a lot of, not in every country. Obviously, there are, there are different faiths around the world and not all of them celebrate Christmas, I understand. <laughs> but in a lot of countries, people have got time off. Not pe- you know, people are at home, they're having leisure time. Which means that you basically have this incredible, unique opportunity to say, mm-hmm. this is the only football that's happening. And they love it. It's far too important. So that week will stay. I think we might see... They've, they've messed around a bit in recent years with the like the balance. of the, It always used to be Boxing Day. 26, 28, New Year's New Year, Eve New Year, or New Year's Day. New Year's mm. Day. I, dis, I disapprove of having football on New Year's Eve. I, I think do it's as well, forcing yes, people yes. To, to... Liverpool against Manchester City at 5.30 kick-off on it's New Year's just, Eve. It's, it's basically saying you're having New Year's Eve in Liverpool, which is a brilliant city, but I feel as though you're forcing people to make that choice. Uh, it's not for Richard Scudamore to decide where I spend New Year's Eve. <laughs> Sick of him trying to do it. You're, really you're, you're having a gathering, so clearly... You... We does are he, having a gathering. Does he yeah. call you directly to let you know where you'll be spending Christmas Eve? He does have to do my Richard Scudamore impression yeah. at this point, but I'm not going to. Um, so you're not having a party, having a gathering? I'm having a gathering. Well, we're having really? basically all of our family live abroad mm-hmm. or have in the South. In, have you not been invited? F- carry on, yeah, I'm waiting for the... Go on. You want to come? No, don't. <laughs> Do than that. I bring your, Newcastle's on. What? Bring, bring your dogs. I can Mr. 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 Mrs. Crinkles. You always yeah. no, I couldn't. No, I couldn't. They stink. <laughs> <laughs> no, they really, seriously do. They're decomposing from the inside. Oh, anyway, no. The, but, yeah. So the, I think we all would, decided that 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 Christmas week is every, Everybody enjoys w- it. That's fine. But then we move what on. What they to will the do year. is they will eventually get round to introducing, and I suspect every, everything will try to change in 2022. Once the Qatar World Cup's out of the way, that will—that is the point at which it will be brought in. That's when TV deals expire, and you don't have to mess around with the season anyway to accommodate the Winter World Cup. What they will do is they will have the Christmas fixtures for the season 23-24. I guess is that right? Yeah, 2000. 
that's terrifying. 2023 to 24, that yeah. season. They're numbers yeah. that don't even compute think to me. I think we're all looking forward to that. Uh, <laughs> here's a prediction. Arsenal will finish fourth. And uh, the, what they'll do is they will keep Christmas week. You'll play on New Year's Day, and or maybe the second. Then they will put in a two-week delay for the FA Cup third round. Cup, yeah. Because yeah. The, the, the FA Cup third round is another important, almost sacrosanct but, time of year, is it not? Is it my memory, or have they messed that around as well? Did that, did that not always used to be... The first game of the it new has year. Crept first back. week. It's it always in the first week of January, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Pro- it? Maybe through quirks of the calendar, but yeah, exactly. yeah. The yeah. The the in your head, FA Cup third round day was always the third Janu- of January. Yeah. It didn't yes. matter yes. what day yeah. of the week yeah. that was. Yeah. 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 We aren't always big fans on this podcast, although it's the early stages of, of international football. Andy, you played it and find it distasteful. Played it very now. well as well. Um, R- Rory <laughs> finds it generally very unentertaining. Oh, I might be the only person who actually enjoys England doing well at a major tournament, Steve. I don't know if you. When was that? With, You're with not all old your, to when was that? Well no, no, no. I just mean I, in, I enjoy watching you it. Enjoy the, you enjoy the, the idea. Hope, the hope hasn't killed right. me yet. <laughs> and, and yet the argument is always that England don't do very well because they don't have a winter break. The I don't think England do very well because they're rubbish. Then, that might be true. But in 1998, the World Cup, you were going to be a part of the squad. I was, you, yeah, you a had big part a of it, yeah. Minor, <laughs> a minor injury <laughs> that basically probably didn't exist but you said to Glenn Hoddle that you couldn't go because you had mine injury because you just didn't want to you, you were basically scared of going away from home for too long but <laughs> because of Mr and Mrs Trinkles exactly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so if if that kind of an injury happened it is difficult to go to the other side of the world for a, for a World Cup Yes, oh, exactly. All the oh, way to was France. Oh, yeah, that's France, tough. Yeah. You just don't like spending time away from home. I understand that. You're, a, you're, you're an engaging personality who, who, who people want around. Mm. So you had a thigh. It was a thigh. Was it a thigh? Injury? I think it was thigh and groin. So basically you made it up. Mm. Um, no, I didn't make it up. Of course not. It was a serious injury. Would that injury have happened? Seriously affected that, my step over. That kind <laughs> of injury if you had had a winter break. I'm, I'm talking about the niggle, the thing that won't necessarily go away no, until you no, have a period well, of time off. How can you, you? It's a culmination of things. Isn't it? You're going to say that what you've done throughout the season, you get to a point, you get injured at the end. Is it down to what you've done during the course season, or is it a, a one? Who, who can tell? But surely it would help if there was to be a break there, maybe for a week. I, I wouldn't want it to be any longer than that. No, a week we might help the players. To, but again, is a week enough for recovery and, and rec- But then again, players, you don't want to be. You have to you're train have anyway. To come back into training straight you're going to train yeah. anyway, so it has to be a not train. It would have to be a fortnight to be worthwhile. But, you but the problem is, still have to train. The problem so. is, if they do that, then the clubs will go away of and they'll play in the Middle East. But, but then, to be fair, Bayern Munich do that. Bayern go and train in Qatar or Dubai or whatever, and and they, I think they tend to play like one or two friendlies, don't they? But because they're taking four, four and a half weeks off, yeah. they can still have a two-week break and then come back into training and, and, and sort of semi-pre-season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. If so they, they have do... four weeks off, they're going to be not fit when they come back. So yeah. you've got you can't. Get so do they weeks. actually have a break where they do not come in and train? I think they do. It, it won't be that long, but I think they have a few days where, okay. where it's all... Just go back to your... To put your Interesting fact about Thomas Muller. Do you want to know interesting facts about Thomas Muller? Sorry, I need to I clang again. There we go. There go. Uh, Thomas Muller owns his own lederhosen. There you go. Is that right? That is true. So Is, what, what is it see? what any self-respecting Bavarian should do? He seemed to think it wasn't weird but, and got offended when I laughed. <laughs> so when, when you see those, those Bayern Oktoberfest publicity photos and they're all drinking those yeah. massive flagons of, of Bavarian Steins. Uh, he's actually wearing his own lederhosen. So most everyone, everyone, else is, everyone else is in a rental. Most of the people <laughs> have gone to rent a hosen. Yay! <laughs> oh, is this the, reason, the entire reason you put this story up? Yes, he's got to it. Just to do that guy. <laughs> most of the people have gone to rent a hosen, uh, but Thomas Muller has brought his own from home. That's an inter- there you go. That have is you a, seen him in his lederhosen? That is a Christmas fact. No, but I'm, I'm planning on... Uh, my, my New Year's resolution for 2016, mm. 2017... 
that's what year it is. Uh, one is to interview Alexis Sanchez's dogs. Very interested in that. And two is to see Thomas Muller in his own Lederhosen. Interview the dogs. I'm fascinated by it. Alexis Sanchez loves his dogs yes. more than is healthy. Really? I think so. That's worrying. I think he's too attached. I'm, what I'm, kind of dogs are not they? Not in a sort of wrong way. They're both mm. dog retrievers. I'm worried that oh. when they die, as dogs do, he'll be devastated. Well, he will be. What, but, what are the dogs called? Do you know their names? They're called Atom. Atom? Atom. Up and Atom. Yes. <laughs> Up and Atom. And <laughs> that, that famous Chilean phrase. Yes. <laughs> and in a bizarre tribute to yes. uh, the river systems of northeast England, Humber. Atom and Humber. Yeah. Well, I never... Hey. Not quite as good as Mr. and Mademoiselle Crank. No, but Dexter, Dexter and Lola, they're Dexter solid. And Come and interview my names, dogs. I'd, I'd, I'd give you the real I've story. I've been trying to meet your dogs for eight years. I'll give you the real me. story, what it's like to be a, a Sharpe out there on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he did invite you and, his, and your dogs around. And you oh, God, you. don't do that. That's ridiculous. They, they, they remain smelly, if oh. interesting. Yeah. Um, we, we, we seem to be slightly off topic, so we'll try and uh, round this off with some sort of conclusion. <clears> Germany <throat> have a long winter break. They s- seem to succeed at tournaments in the summer. Do we correlate those two things? It's not the only reason, but it can't hurt. It's not the only reason England fail, the, the absence of winter break. The German it's footballers are better than English footballers, aren't they? Everyone's more tactically able than the English. Incisive change, thanks. No, do you not think? Unless... I think you're right. Yeah. Do you know what the sentence, they're better at football than them, it doesn't appear nearly enough in football punditry. <laughs> I'm going to use it more. Sometimes, yep. that's what the analysis should be. Yep. That team is better at football than the other team. I've said that many times. We talk about tactics, winning games. Brian Clough, it's players. Players sure. win games. I'm not sure that's going to fill Sky's post-match no. um, analysis. I, be, I bet the Express would get a back-page headline out of it. Arsenal are better at football than such and such. Um, before we go, it's time to settle down by the log fire, maybe snuggle with our near and dear, with the not smelly dogs though, with the glow of festive cheer and a little too much brandy butter on our cheeks. As we say, never mind Jack and Nori. What a soccer story. Andy Hinchcliffe's stories are as welcoming as Santa's knee. This is when Andy tells us a tale from his playing days that has had all adult behaviour and libel-worthy details removed. Andy, with the tinsel around your neck and your Santa hat, stopping your large nose and chin from ruining Christmas dreams. Why, you're doing so well. Why? That was unnecessary, wasn't it? Unnecessary, that. You want me to tell you a story now, do you? I want a soccer story. Right, okay. Just whilst covering your face. Right? Oh, oh, yeah, we, we're going to have some of this Christmas flapjack. Yeah. Which what? Rory told us earlier on was your stripper name. It's my stripper name, Christmas flapjack, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, oh, that's sickening. <laughs> <laughs> Manchester Derby. Manchester Derby. Oh, Late... you're not going to tell us about the Manchester... Oh, Manchester, Manchester Derby. Derby. I didn't score any, I scored in a different one. Um, Manchester Derby, late 80s, Old Trafford. Pitch the scene. United 1-0 up. Plucky City fight back. Ian Brightwell scores an absolute beauty. 25 yards, top corner. We draw the game one all. I, I have had some banter with the United fans during the course of the game, but nothing serious. Bit of banter. Maybe a few hand gestures. Anyway, following morning, train. In the afternoon, we all come into... There's like a bar where we used to train. It's a strange place we used to train. It was like a, a social club that had a football pitch. So anyway, we go into the bar. There was a bar after the after the. Who was your manager at the time? Howard Kendall. Right, okay, there we go. Yes, you'll understand where I'm going with this. We get in that the bar is full of champagne, bottles of champagne. Loads of them, 20, 30 bottles of champagne. Howard says, lads, fantastic result in the Manchester Derby. Champagne's all there for you to, to, to quaff. So everybody helps themselves. Don't, obviously, we don't go crazy and, and drive home. Uh, but we drink it all. And then everything settles down. Howard Kendall then presents, uh, gets the bill. So this is the bill for the champagne. Hands it to me. <laughs> 
I'm thinking, this is a bit strange. I thought he was joking. He said, no, the, the bill's there for you to pay for the, for the champagne for the players. Why? Apparently, during the course of the Manchester derby, there'd been a few hand gestures made towards the Manchester United fans. Now, Howard Kendall hadn't seen these, but good old Peter Reid had. <laughs> and Peter had told Howard, I saw Andy making rude gestures to the United fans. We should do something about this. And I was made to pay for 30 bottles of champagne. Don't you think you should be applauding my actions rather than, than doing that to me? Do you not think that's really unfair? Didn't you get sent off once for doing that? No, I swore at a linesman. Oh, right. That's a totally different to thing. Oh, well, no. that's okay. That's all, that's all that's fair. Fine. But do you not think that's, yeah. that's... Insubordination cruel, is fine. It? I'm born and bred in Manchester. We play in a Manchester derby and then I'm treated like that. Ginger, like a common imagine, criminal. I can't imagine you losing your rag like that. Oh, you should see me. Oh, oh right, right. the devil once, went roused. Once he goes, Hannibal Lecter, nothing on me. Is it, is, That's is Franz Carr. You remember Franz Carr, will you? Franz flying Car. winger, yeah, yeah, flying Franz forest Car. winger. Oh, remember Franz he'd Car. gone ten minutes or so without having a corner to take. So, yeah. Oh, or a throw-in. <laughs> but yeah, I just thought that was really unfair. It was hilarious, wasn't it? Everyone else thought it was hilarious. Do you know, I wouldn't have had I Peter didn't. Reed down as a narc. Well, is that what you're saying he is? But yeah, I didn't see it, but Peter did. So Terrible. How much did 25 to 30 bottles of champagne cost in 1987? How much was pomaine back then? <laughs> sure. Quite a lot now. It'd be quite a lot with inflation. What I'm asking It'd be quite a lot, wouldn't it? Is did that count as your secret Santa gift? R- roughly four thousand pounds. Probably yes. There we How go. How much was I earning back then? Blind. Was I earning anything? No, I was playing for the love of the game, wasn't I? <laughs> um, but I just thought that it must have been thirty bottles of champagne. Is how much would it cost you now? Depends what sort of champagne you buy. Oh, here we go. Here we go, you're Mr. Bollinger. Bo- getting a bottle of um, b- bottle of verve. Six hundred quid. That'll be thirty. Yeah, you'd be looking at no, but I think for something decent, about nine hundred. So if you're if you're twenty twenty one years old, I actually left City quite soon after. That might have something to do with it. <laughs> but anyway, I thought that's quite. I thought that was quite naughty. I, I thought I committing thought champagne offences on a lemon on a lemonade diet. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a beautiful story in keeping with our Christmas grumpiness. Thank you very much. Uh, to, <laughs> Uh, to Andy and it's nice after starting this conversation mentioning Greg's it's good that we've mentioned Bollinger and Verve absolutely they're the real people we've been on this podcast uh, thank you to everybody for listening please do subscribe and share we humbly ask you to find room for us in your podcast schedule uh, thank you to the mighty chinch uh, to Steve to Rory and to you as well for listening we'll be back with another set piece menu uh, for you to enjoy very soon Christmas and holiday seasonal tidings to everyone what is what is this? It's a, that is uh, that is one of my children's. Uh, it's a bamboorine. It's a baby tambourine. Thank you for bringing it. It's a rattle. A bamboorine. Uh, bamboorine, isn't it? Yeah, bamboorine. A bamboorine. I like that. You know, when you kind of merge two. I love all that kind of stuff. It's really well, like like, like yeah. chinch, Hinchcliffe, and massive chin. <laughs> but that'd be massive chinch, wouldn't it? Oh, you did call me that, don't you? Yeah, that's fair enough. Isn't it? Yeah.